This football season will be different, and Pepsi is getting you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Eagles fans? Welcome into this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Louis DiBiase joining you, episode two this week of at least five Four to six episodes a week downloaded into your phone on any podcast platform or on LockdownEagles.com. It's stock up, stock down. Week four edition, getting into the Eagles win over the San Francisco 49ers 25-20 on Sunday night to only get to 1-2-1 and in the season, but that win did put the Eagles in first place in the NFC East, sole possession of first place. So today we're going to go over that matchup again, that victory, which was a gritty, tough, vintage Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz, Philadelphia Eagles win that they're used to getting over the last three years when they're backed into a corner and they're in a must-win situation. Uh, they get that victory, and they did that again Sunday night to keep this season alive. So I want to get into who was instrumental in that win through stock up and then who continued to struggle in the 2020 season despite the win we'll get into stock down as well that's coming up on today's edition of the lockdown eagles podcast if you missed the full game recap i did yesterday again be sure to subscribe to the podcast on any podcast platform that you listen to the show and uh, we're always talking birds on twitter as well after the podcast so be sure to follow us at dbiase loe is where you can find me and then my co-host uh, gino camilleri is on twitter at gino underscore L-O-E. Let's get right into it. I want to talk about stock up. I want to talk about the players and, you know, not just the players, but of course uh, the the coaches. Doug Peterson was huge in this win. Uh, What positional units were key in the Eagles getting a gritty win against while it was a very banged up San Francisco 49ers team. It was still a very good football team at two and one on the road, primetime football in a must win situation like that's that's tough no matter who you're playing that kind of situation. And let me tell you, we have to start with number 11. We're going to get into Wentz Wednesday tomorrow and talk all about Carson Wentz, but I just I got to get into it again. I watched the tape again back uh, last night and look, the numbers aren't crazy good. There are still things Wentz needs to work on, but considering he was down to Travis Fulgham, Deontay Burnett, John Hightower, uh, Greg Ward at wide receiver, Jordan Maialata, Nate Herbig, Matt Pryor up front on the offensive line, The fact that he elevated that team the way he did on Sunday, the battle, the fight this kid had, and I don't know why I'm calling Wentz a kid. I'm younger than him, and he's not a kid anymore. But regardless, Carson Wentz was incredible on Sunday night. And that's why, again, I said it on the show yesterday, that's why you don't give up on Carson Wentz because how many players in this league realistically can consistently do what Wentz has done with that kind of practice squad level talent preseason week four against the New York Jets level talent over and over again. Just listen to this. Carson Wentz with the similar uh, skill position players that he had on Sunday night. 
His record is 7-1. and one. He's 1-1 one and one with Doriel Green-Beckham, Paul Turner, Nelson Aguilar, and Bryce Treggs. Uh, with Nelson Aguilar, Jordan Matthews, Joshua Perkins out there, he's 1-0. He was 4-0 last year with Greg Ward, Jay Jaw, Burnett, and Perkins. And now he's 1-0 with Greg Ward, Travis Fulgham, John Hightower, Deontay Burnett, and Richard Rodgers. So with similar types of options at receiver and tight end, Carson Wentz is 7-1 with an 87.5 completion percentage. Or I'm sorry, uh, win percentage. uh, 65.4% completion percentage. 2,200 yards, 12 touchdowns, 5 picks, and 89.1 rating. With practice squad basically level talent. And it wasn't just through the air. I mean, look, his mechanics were awesome. Uh, they were tight. They were poised. His throwing motion was very smooth. His footwork was awesome, especially on that deep throw, the deep touchdown to Travis Fulgham that ended up being the game winner. It was perfect. But it wasn't just that. What I'm really happy about with Carson Wentz the last two weeks is he's just laying it all out there on the football field. And while he did that last year uh, with his arm elevating that talent, this year he's doing it with his legs. And he's not not just to open up the pass. Like Carson Wentz is running a lot the past two weeks. And I feel like the last two years, that really hasn't been something we've seen. And maybe it's because of all the injuries and because of that, Doug Peterson wanted to have a more cautious approach play calling wise. Maybe Carson Wentz was having a little bit more of a cautious approach, not as a player in general. He was very aggressive still the last two seasons after the torn ACL and the back injury. But running wise, yeah, he'll always move outside the pocket, outside the numbers, throw on the run and scramble. But he's been more hesitant the past two years to run above the line of scrimmage, over the line of scrimmage and you know, tuck that football and become a runner. This year, that's not the case, and that's good because he's got to do what he did. Against San Francisco, they were using a lot of read option. Wentz was just taking off and running just in real play calls, uh, passing play calls, and he was breaking ankles. I mean, Wentz looked like the North Dakota State Carson Wentz from a mobility standpoint. He's on pace this year for over 400 rushing yards. So that is a huge, not only is Wentz just in general elevated this football team the last game and I would say a half because, you know, he put the team on his back against the Bengals in that fourth quarter to force overtime. And a lot of that was was with his legs. You've got to do that when you have the weapons around him that he has, or I shouldn't even really call them weapons. Uh, So Carson Wentz, his stock is up and it's great to finally talk about him in a positive light uh, today on the show. Stock up as well. At left tackle, Jordan Maialata, what a debut for this guy. We've been waiting for this project to be put to the test over the last two years, right? Here's a seventh-round pick a couple years ago that's 6'7", over 300 pounds, super athletic, a former rugby star, right? Just crazy potential and upside, but he's completely raw. He's a complete blank canvas that never played football before before being drafted by the Eagles. And so the past two years, we keep hearing about him and how he's coming along. Jeff Stoutland continues to work on him. You see him in the preseason. You see Brian Baldinger post all these film reviews of how he really likes how Maialata is improving drastically over a two-year span, but we never saw him in regular season game action. And then to make your debut, protecting Carson Wentz's blindside in a must-win situation. Granted, yeah, San Fran did not have Bosa out there with the injury. Uh, D. Ford gets traded, or I'm not, uh, not D. Ford, sorry. Uh, D. Forrest Buckner gets traded away. So he was going up against guys like Ziggy Ansah, but still, that's a former top five pick in Ezekiel Ansah that Mylod has got to go up against. A kid that's never played football before the last two years, and he allows only one quarterback pressure. 
He was great in the run game. I mean, he looked like a veteran. I'm telling you, if Jason Peters comes back and Maialata continues to play this well, JP might be going to right guard. It's And it's only one game, but my gosh, the athleticism, the power in Maialata's game, especially on the ground, he was just moving bodies on Sunday night. It was really, really fun to watch. And if that's that's huge. If Maialata can develop into that left tackle of the future, because right now we have no idea what the Eagles have in Andre Dillard. Jason Peters is done after this year. He's not coming back in 2021. So you have question marks now at left tackle that you didn't think you had before. If Maialata can be the answer, it's an unexpected one, but I'm all in. He's got all the talent in the world to be that answer. Right, This isn't just a wing and a prayer like, oh man, our first round pick didn't work out, so let's hope uh, this diamond in the rough actually you know, comes to fruition. Yes, he is a diamond in the, in the rough per se, but talent-wise, he's not. If you were to tell me he's the next Jason Peters where he's this next top-tier tackle that came out of you know, crazy uh, situations, right? JP was a former undrafted tight end out of Arkansas. Maialata is a former rugby star, but I wouldn't be surprised considering the physical abilities of this guy. It'll be a great test. It was only one game. Uh, it's going to be fun, though, to watch him in the next two weeks. He's going up against some good front fours against Pittsburgh and against Baltimore. But right now, Jordan Maialata's stock is up. All right, let's get into the defensive side of the football stock up here. The entire defensive line saved the Eagles' butts on Sunday night. And this defensive line, look, over the last five years, uh, four years with Jim Schwartz, They've always, no, five years, they've always gotten consistent pressure. But they always haven't been great at finishing those plays, turning them into sacks, right? Getting the quarterback onto the ground. That's not the case this year. The defensive line of the Eagles, and just the defense in general, leads the NFL in sacks with 17. And that's the third most in Eagles history, according to Ruben Frank of NBC Philly, after the first four weeks of the season. The other two defenses to do that, the other top two of the top three, 1991, the Football Outsiders' best defense of all time from a DVOA standpoint is the Philadelphia Eagles' 1991 defense and 2004. So arguably the best defense ever and a 2004 team that made the Super Bowl. It's crucial to get pressure. You've seen, you're seeing that with the Eagles' success over the last game and a half, and you saw that 91-2004 Getting sacks matters. Yes, pressure is important, and sometimes people read too much into sacks. But for the Eagles, it's been a problem not being able to get the quarterback to the ground. This year, they have 17. They have five against San Fran on Sunday night. They had eight on Joe Burrow two weeks ago. And they hit Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard a combined 15 times on Sunday night. Brandon Graham is off to his fastest start. That's the thing. It's not just one or two players. BG is on fire to start the season. Josh Sweat. I'm going to be right about that bold prediction. Before the season, I said Josh Sweat would lead the Eagles in sacks. I think I'm going to be right about that. He's got three sacks in the first four games. Javon Hargrave, Malik Jackson, they're getting consistent pressure up the middle the last two weeks. I was kind of nervous about the Hargrave signing with the season starting, but Hargrave has been awesome the last two games against the Bengals and the Niners. And then Jannard Avery looked like the rookie from the Cleveland Browns that was a steal. And the Eagles trade a fourth-round pick for him. You had no idea how to use him last year. This year, he gets injured in camp, wasn't looking great. And then, much like Jordan Maialata, Jannard Avery puts himself on the map on a huge stage. He has five quarterback hits, one forcing an interception uh, to Rodney McLeod because he hit Nick Mullins, and Mullins forced the pass. And then he had a sack... Uh, and also, one of the key quarterback hits, those five, was on the second-last play of that 
key stop against the Niners, their final drive, the Eagles have to stop them. They're at, the, what, the 35-yard line. Brandon Graham gets the big hit right after Jannard Avery, but Avery got a big hit as well on Beathard the play before to make sure the Niners didn't get closer to a potential comeback win. So Jannard Avery, Hargrave, Jackson, Sweat, Brandon Graham, of course, Fletcher Cox. I didn't even mention Derek Barnett. Derek Barnett looked really good, and he got a sack against an actual left tackle, not against a tight end. Against Trent Williams, who's a really good left tackle, Derek Barnett completely bull rushed him. He's got two and a half sacks in the last two weeks. So how many players did I just rattle off? Six? Seven? This defensive line is deep. We knew it was going to be a strength of the team, but I didn't know if they were going to be this good, and they are as advertised. All right, one final stock up. Just want to give another shout-out to Darius Slay, a true CB1. We haven't been able to enjoy him a lot this year because the Eagles haven't been winning football games, but he was so good again on Sunday night, making tackles, just locking down any receiver that he's covering, whether it was Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. It didn't matter, and he saved the Eagles. It, that Hail Mary at the end of the game in the right corner of the end zone Debo Samuel and George Kittle had a chance at that ball. It was in their hands, and Darius Slay punched it out. So he saved Jim Schwartz on Sunday night, who allowed the Niners to drive all the way down to the Eagles 34, and Darius Slay saved the day. So stock up to Darius Slay, the entire defensive line, Jordan Maialata, and Carson Wentz. Let's get into stock down coming up next right here on Lockdown Eagles, but before we do that, a quick shout out to some of our sponsors, including NFL Game Pass. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game, every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place that you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. All right, welcome back into Stock Up, Stock Down, week four, right here on the Locked On Eagles podcast. So stock up for Carson Wentz, Jordan Maialata, uh, the entire defensive line, Darius Slay. It was a great win on Sunday night, and there was a lot of players that were key, that were instrumental in the Eagles now being in first place in the lowly NFC East. Uh, let's get into Stock Down now. Let's get into some players that maybe struggled on Sunday night or because of other players' success, their stock has been impacted uh, significantly in a negative way. And that's the case for our first stock down, and it's J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. Um, I'm so disappointed. I mean, not that I didn't like him coming out of Stanford. He did not pop off the film to me outside of contested catches in the red zone. I didn't understand what Geno saw in Ortega-Whiteside, to be honest with you. I know Lockdown Eagles seems like a J-Jaw supporting cast. I did not like him out of uh, school. I wanted the Eagles to draft DK Metcalf. I was pissed off uh, when they didn't do that. And I can't believe how bad J.J. is. I mean, he creates no separation. He doesn't make any of those contested catches he did at Stanford. And now you see it's just so frustrating that a second-round pick can't make more plays than somebody like Travis Fulgham, an undrafted kid out of Old Dominion. Somebody like Deontay Burnett has made more impact plays than J.J. Greg Ward, John Hightower. Honestly, if I'm the Eagles, when Jalen Rager comes back, 
when Alshon Jeffrey comes back, when Deshaun Jackson comes back, Quez Watkins is set to return. That's four receivers that are not healthy right now that are going to return to the lineup soon. Those four, going along with Greg Ward, John Hightower, that's six. With Travis Fulgham making plays on primetime football, a game-winning 42-yard touchdown, he's blocking really well, which is something he did at Old Dominion uh, really well. He's tall like J-Jaw. He can make those contested catches. That's seven receivers that are way more important and valuable to this team. Outside of Ortega Whiteside being a second-round pick, there's no reason that he should be on this football team anymore, to be honest with you. Fulgham right now is still on the 53-man roster. I don't know if he would survive going back to the practice squad. I don't know. He was kind of put on the map now against San Fran. Another team might want to scoop him up. And so, if I'm the Eagles, looking in with Ortega Whiteside, it's not just about lack of performance on the field. He can't stay on the field. JJ's dealt with injuries now two years straight, like a lot of people have, but it's just he's not, to me, worth keeping outside of being stubborn about the investment you made in him. It's over. He's not DK Metcalf. He's not Terry McLaurin. He's not Mecole Hardman or Devo Samuel. He's not even Travis Fulgham right now. That's embarrassing. <laughs> and so eventually you got to call a spade a spade and cut your losses, you know, before you lose somebody else instead because you kept J-Jaw. I don't want to lose Fulgham. I would rather have Deontay Burnett on this roster, to be honest with you. That's eight receivers that I trust more than J-Jaw. And not to mention, yes, Hakeem Butler was moved to tight end, but Hakeem Butler was my second-ranked wide receiver coming out of the 2019 draft over J-Jaw. And so the Eagles have him on the roster as well. That's nine players that I trust more right now than Ortega Whiteside. And so his stock is down. It's down worse after the Sunday night game. And I think, honestly, his roster spot should not be safe. Stock down as well to tight end Zach Ertz. Um, even with wide receiver injuries, the injury to Dallas Goddard, where has Zach Ertz been this season? I mean, he made that incredible catch against Cincinnati in overtime last week to put them in field goal range. Didn't work out, but nonetheless, great throw by Wentz, great catch by Ertz uh, to save the Eagles' butts in that, in that situation. But outside of that one play, what has Zach Ertz done this year? In a contract year, like people are upset that the Eagles aren't paying him like a wide receiver one. Now you see, I mean, not that I expected a drop-off like this, but Zach Ertz is not worth... I mean, did you see George Kittle out there on Sunday night? Are you telling me those two players, Kittle and Ertz, are in the same tier? There's no way... Look, that doesn't mean I don't want Zach Ertz long-term still. I would pay him, you know, Austin Hooper money. Maybe at this point, I don't even know if I would do that because I want to pay Dallas Goddard. If you could guarantee me that I'm keeping Dallas Goddard and I could get Zach Ertz on an inexpensive deal, sure, of course I want that legend still on this team. I still think he's a good tight end, a top five tight end, but there's no way for the money that he wants, I'm paying him. And he's doing nothing this year so far to convince me otherwise. Dallas Goddard did. Dallas Goddard was convincing me they need to make this, you know, because my my approach on this in the offseason was be patient, wait a couple years, see where these two guys are at when Goddard needs a new deal as well. You have two years still left on Ertz's contract. The way Goddard was playing the first two weeks of the season, I said to myself, actually, never mind. I, I might want them to just pay Goddard right now and let Ertz go through a trade or through free agency. You know, the Eagles needed him on Sunday night again. And I know, look, I know he's being double covered. I know he's facing bracket coverage, which is really hard for a tight end. But that's the point, especially a tight end of his style. That player is not worth the money that he'll command. And so 
that's where we're at still with Zach Ertz. And I think this relationship with the Eagles and with Ertz, I think it's coming to an end. I don't think the Eagles are, they already were very bullish on not wanting to pay him, you know, George Kittle money, Travis Kelsey money. And so far this year, Ertz has not been able to convince them that they were wrong in that ideology. So Zach Ertz's stock is down and it's not to mean his impact still on this team isn't you know, significant and not to mean that he's not going to make plays still for the rest of the season. Uh, but so far, he's done nothing to tell me that he should be paid and paid over Dallas Goddard. So Zach Ertz stocked down, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside as well. On defense, stock down for Jim Schwartz. Look, it's not that the defense didn't have a great game plan uh, for the, f- the majority of the football game. It's just it's the same continued frustrations that I have with Schwartz all the time. And it's uh, the neglect at the linebacker position, not just by him, but Howie Roseman. It's just this, I, I just, I don't get his this loyalty, this blind loyalty to Nate Geary is unbelievable, and Schwartz just really got to me. And it's not just that, that the reason his stock is down. Um, man coverage was working all game long. The Niners make it a five-point game because the Eagles just let them drive all the way down. They're back into this zone coverage weak BS that they always let teams just easily march down the football field. I get it, bend, do break, whatever, but you make it so much harder on your defense every single week in close situations when you let offenses just get all the way down to your 30 in like 40 seconds. Um, and so the game was too close for comfort. Again, Darius Slay, he punched that football out. That Hail Mary was almost converted, and it wasn't even really a Hail Mary. I mean, it was a, a play from the Eagles' 34-yard line. C.J. Beathard had a very good look to Debo Samuel and George Kittle, and a lot of that was because because of that soft zone coverage. Um, so it's that. It's the same issues I have with Schwartz and his game plan in certain situations, like close games, through the air. When it comes to tight football games, his pass defense, the game plan there really does drive me nuts. And also, again, it's this blind loyalty and a lack of accountability on terrible football players like Nate Geary. Uh, Jim Schwartz told the media on Tuesday, Nate Geary is a solid player and has helped the Eagles win a lot of games. Um, I, I disagree. Uh, That's nuts. I can't believe he even said that. He says that Geary might look responsible for some bad plays he isn't actually at fault for. That, if you watch the tape on Nate Geary, have you seen the dude run around like a chicken with his head cut off? Any sort of misdirection, play action against the run in zone coverage? Look, I I think you wouldn't, you could show somebody that's never watched a football game in their life, Nate Geary tape, and watch him, and you could tell. This dude has no idea how to play football. So the fact that Jim Schwartz continues to defend him, and then you see a guy like Alex Singleton go out there and actually make a positive impact at the position with a pick six, and he's explosive, and you just it's not that Singleton did anything to be like, oh, he should be an unquestioned starter long term. It's more, though, about Nate Geary has not done anything to deserve to keep that job. And so when you have somebody like Singleton that makes a big play in a big moment, when you have young guys with a lot of talent, yes, lacking experience in Davian Taylor and Chad Bradley, but regardless have the talent, there's no excuse to keep Nate Geary out there. And yet Jim Schwartz continues to go to bat for this guy. And I hope it costs him his job eventually, that he will back up Jalen Mills and Nate Geary forever. 
And to me, eventually, that's there's got to be some accountability. And if Schwartz isn't going to hold those guys accountable, then everybody else has to hold Schwartz accountable. His stock is down. I know it was a great defensive performance, but I'm still very unhappy with Schwartz and the continued aggravation that he brings in specific areas. Louis DiBiase joining you. This is Stock Up, Stock Down, a Tuesday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, and it's sponsored today by rockauto.com. One reason to repair and to maintain your cars is to save money, right, that you can use towards other important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, while rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're reliably low. It's a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle, your car, or your truck, and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck, make sure you write down Lockdown in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Lockdown Eagles, this Tuesday edition of the show is also brought to you by Built Go. Coming from the same great folks over at Built Bar, it's the solution to breaking through that wall. Whether that's the mental wall, the physical wall, break through it with Built Go. For me, it's getting through the radio, the overnight shift, uh, 10 o'clock to 5 a.m physical and mental to get through that and what i like to do get that built go three awesome flavors my go-to is the peanut butter honey but they've also got chocolate coconut and chocolate mint as well visit builtgo.com use the promo code locked and you'll get 30 percent off your next order again use the promo code locked for 30 percent off at builtgo.com let's go all right, everybody, Louis DiBiase wrapping up this Tuesday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, episode two this week of at least five. Download it into your phone wherever you listen to podcasts, as long as you subscribe to the Lockdown Eagles podcast. So stock up for Carson Wentz, Jordan Maialata, the entire defensive line, whether that's Jannard Avery, there's too many to talk about, Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett, Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave, Malik Jackson, the list goes on and on. Uh, stock down for J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Zach Ertz, Jim Schwartz. Some guys that I left out uh, just due to time on the show. Stock up for Craven LeBlanc, forces a uh, strip sack on Nick Mullins, which was huge in that moment. The Eagles were trailing, get the ball back. The Eagles take the lead on that very next drive. Cravon always makes plays when he's out there. He's better than Avante Maddox. He's better than Jalen Mills. I hope Jim Schwartz recognizes it eventually. They really risked it. Uh, when they cut LeBlanc to get Huntley on the team, Jason Huntley at running back, can you imagine if the Eagles would have lost LeBlanc because of that? I mean, it's incredible. This guy, it was such a steal in 2018. When Howie Roseman signed him off the streets in the middle of the 2018 season, what an absolute stud. And I hope he continues to play more as the season goes on. Stock down for Corey Clement. Um, stock down for me, I'm just bummed. I, I wish Corey Clement was better than he is. I, I kept waiting, and even this offseason, I kept saying, you don't even need to make moves at running back because I believe Corey Clement can still be a perfect RB3. Um, he's just not. I don't know what it is, if it's all the injuries, or maybe it was just that Super Bowl magic. 
just one game, he became a legend, and that happens sometimes. There is David Tyree, uh, Malcolm Smith for the Seahawks. Remember that? He was the Super Bowl MVP in 2013, and he never did anything after that. So maybe Corey Clement's just one of those uh, mythical Super Bowl heroes that just had the game of his life in the most important game in Eagles history, and for that, we'll always love Corey. Um, I just I was hoping he was going to be more than that because he's so fun to root for because he's a hero. He's a legend, and so you wanted him to still be a part of this team moving forward because it's fun to have guys that were instrumental in that championship win still be on the team, right? It's just a great reminder of what they did for this football team, and Corey's just, he's not that good, and it, it sucks because I really thought that coming in this year healthy, with an opportunity to actually get touches because the past couple of years he's been kind of pushed down by Jordan Howard and Darren Sproles and then the draft pick of, you know, Miles Sanders um, and Josh Adams getting involved over him in 2018 and Wendell Smallwood and the injuries too. I thought, okay, this year, let's see if the real Corey, let's see who the real Corey Clement is. And so far, it's been more so the Clement we saw in 2018 and 2019 rather than the 2017 legend. Louis DiBiase joining you on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. That's going to do it for this Tuesday edition of the show. We will be back tomorrow for Wentz Wednesday. It's going to be the first uh, fun Wentz Wednesday we do uh, since the season opener a couple weeks ago. So make sure, again, you subscribe to the show on any platform, and we'll get that going tomorrow right here on Lockdown Eagles. Louis DiBiase signing off. Follow me on Twitter at DiBiaseLOE, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. As always, thank you for downloading, thank you for listening, and let's go Birds.